welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 14, titled Reunited. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one very relieved co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... The sissy on the end was perfect. (laughs) You are such a shady bitch. To Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. I enjoy you, Joe Batanz. How are you? Are you just so excited this is your uh, last episode here? Yes. (laughs) In a nutshell, yes. It bears repeating. Yes. (laughs) You will be joining us for the first episode of All Stars 1. Yes, I am I am joining for the first and the last uh-huh. episode of All Stars 1, but I will be taking a brief reprieve for a little while while I do other things in my life. I know, you're so, so lucky. So, is that going to be... Everybody gets that, or is that Patreon only? That's going to be Patreon only, All Stars 1, Patreon only. Now, maybe. Maybe I'll release the, the first All Stars 1 episode on the feed. Maybe. Okay. But... Okay. Uh, for sure, it's a it's an all stars. Uh, it's a Patreon exclusive, if you will. Okay, the people they give us the money, we might as well give them content for it. Yeah. But as I've told you, once this season ten is done, I am taking a long deserved break. Because even you and I both, yeah, even and I know you won't be there for it, but even if they come back in the fall, just having the three months off would be great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, I. You guys will get some inside tea. I, we might have talked about. Yeah, we've talked about this in the show. Yeah, no. If I will do All Stars three next year, and I will do season ten, but I have that is all I've committed to for Joe. So God for forbid they come out. For you'll come back, yeah, you'll come back in 2019. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If they if they come back for season eleven and and more, yeah. I can't imagine they're doing an All Stars every year. I hope to God they don't do an All Stars every year because then it really just kind of loses its. Maybe they'll come up with a different Western. show or something like that. I don't know. At a certain point, you run out of All-Stars, too. Yeah. But, yeah, because you figure at this point, that will have been almost half of the contestants. Once well, someone pointed out, you know, they've... I didn't realize they've gone through a lot of season two. I think with after All-Stars 3, they've used all but one of the top eight of season two. Yeah. Jessica Wilde. I, I just saw that someplace, too. That Morgan was really kind of the last one. Yeah, and so the other ones are just randoms, but, like, Jessica Wilde is the only one from season two in the top eight who has not been on an all-star season. Okay. Maybe because she loved this drink. How do you think this Evan's going to do? We never had really a twink co-host, have we? I mean, the closest we've had is uh, um, uh, After Buzz TV's Jay Ellis. Well, he's more of a twunk than a twink. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Or a hink. Yeah, I, I'm looking – you and Evan recorded a mock episode mm-hmm. for an audience of one, that being yeah. me, mm-hmm. and I am – I'm curious what the dynamics will be. So so if I am the Michelle, yeah, that makes him the Carson of the – I think he's show? more like the Todrick Hall. Okay. 
Well, he could be. He could also be Ross. Oh, but he's coming in for All Stars, and Todrick was a host. Was a co-host on All Stars. Yeah. Okay. So and and Todrick's only a co-host for All Stars. Okay, that is true. But Evan's not doing All Stars three with us. Uh, okay, that, that we I'm know. I'm fine of. with that. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he knows this. This, is, this is, should be just it. us. It should be. What'd you say? He knows this. It's not like, by the way, if you hear this, Evan knows all this. But yeah. but people should know, Evan will be still around, but he's going to be, for Patreon listeners, he is going to be a Patreon ex- Evan is a Patreon exclusive. Yes. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who like Twinks, uh, get ready for Evan Ayers. And we know Joe does. Actually, Evan's not really my type. He's a little vanilla. But, you know, I wanted to complain about a Twink. I want your okay. I, want, I want your therapist cap on here. Uh oh. Well, this is your last chance for a while to forget uh, time with Doctor Taylor. So I still have All Stars one, that first episode. <laughs> but so you're gonna scare the twink away <laughs> when you start talking about all your neuroses. Yeah, I'm not actually. Believe it or not, you know, on the last episode we talked about how I, how I was. Um, I found that I'm a, an advocate like you are. Yes. And a, a sort of a side benefit of learning that I'm an advocate and learning more about my personality. And like, I, I think there are some people who get sort of freaked out that, you know, it's, it might feel like they're trapped. They want to see themselves as like these individuals that are very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I get, I take actually relief. Like, oh, that means there are people who understand what I am like and therefore can explain some of the things i'm confused about and using that information about how advocates feel and how they are in friendships and relationships and work i can use that to process my feelings better about what's going on with sweet michael okay and that i noticed this before i got the um the 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 inft what am i again infj infj before I, I realized i was an infj i i didn't understand it, but i noticed that michael had been sort of like pulling away right mm-hmm. and it was sort of bothering me and Michael and I used to talk every day. I have not heard from Michael in almost a week. Really? And yeah, and, and no explanation or anything. And I think usually that would have bothered me, and it still bothers me on some level. But I think, again, knowing I'm an INFJ helps me sort of process it better. Mm-hmm. And so the way I, I, I kind of am seen as like, it almost, to use a RuPaul quote, what other people think of me ain't none of my business. Right. You know? And so I know for a fact, well, I can't think of, I don't think I've offended Sweet Michael. If I have it, it was definitely not on purpose. There's nothing I can think of that I've done to Sweet Michael. So if he's withdrawn, either the narcissistic point of view is he has some problem with me that I don't know about, or the more adult, mature point of view is like, maybe there's something going on in his life and talking to Joe every day isn't a big part of it right now. You know, maybe maybe he's dealing with stuff. It's it's easy to, okay. I'm looking at a um I'm looking at a webpage that says 10 secrets of the INFJ personality type. And the first one is INFJs INFJs feel profoundly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like people don't get you. Yeah. Um so INFJs absorb other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. INFJs have amazing long-range forecasting abilities, which mm-hmm. you've done that with Drag Race. I will say that. Um, though they are feelers, INFJs can easily access their thinking abilities, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that I enjoy about you, not only on this show, but particularly on Catching Up when I listen to Catching Up, because you are somebody who definitely you're quick with the wit and you're quick with the jokes, but you are super smart 
And oh. there are times that you have talked about things, particularly when you talk with Mike about things going on in California, that you come at it from an angle that is clearly well thought out. It's logical. It feels well. And I'm not just like kissing your ass. I'm, I genuinely think these things. You know, it's it's just one of these that I hear it and I, I it it impresses me even more with you than I already am impressed with you. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so that that so I mean, but you are somebody that it's not just about well, I'm going to try to make him laugh by throwing out a joke or something like that. It's where you say things, and well, we you just got a phone call a few minutes ago from a friend of ours asking mm-hmm. you your opinion on something that's going on in the news right now mm-hmm. that happened a week ago. That happened a week ago with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and uh, he just barely yeah. called me right now. Yes, he just called just now. <laughs> He's been sitting on it for seven days <laughs> and decided to wait exactly a week to call me. And I think that part of the reason that he does that, other than to share his opinion, which is primary for him, is also because he knows he can have a debate with you. He can have a dialogue with you. And that is because you have an ability to think things out and also think things out quickly. Well, you know, to sort of deflect a little bit, let's talk about the Sweet Michael thing. Then Let's actually talk about... Uh, not necessarily Kevin Spacey, but uh, the bigger picture part of it. Um, okay. But with Sweet Michael, like, what, what what would you tell a client like who's saying like, my friend doesn't talk to me anymore? Oh, okay. I didn't know if you had you were adding more to that. I would say, I, well, I would ask, well, okay, so what are the feelings you feel about that? Why do you think that's happening? And then I would usually play the because game. Well, here's what's funny. I actually talked about it a little bit with um, my friend Adam before, which is. And this, you know, uh, this is way pre Drag Race recap. But I had a friend, Jose. People team, people seem to abandon me a lot. Who just one day we had a very pleasant conversation, and then he never spoke to me ever again. Here, what's weird though is like the first or second day he didn't call me, I just knew he wasn't going to call me again, and immediately went into mourning. There was no reason for him to be mad at me. You know, I still can speculate. Uh-huh. And it's the same thing here. You know, like, I just have this feeling that there's something... I don't think necessarily think it has to do with me. With Jose, I thought it had to do with me. With this one, I don't think it necessarily has to do with me. I have other theories that I won't share on this podcast. But I can tell something's going on, and that's part of being an INFJ. If we are very intuitive. Right. You I'm know? looking... INFJs know a lot about people. That's one yeah. of the things that... And I can just tell there's something on. I'm actually giving him his space because of that. I'm not really texting him. I'm not really going like, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. But what I shared with my friend, though, is I would be very sad if he stopped talking to me and I'd be very puzzled and it'd be very weird to me. But there would be a very slight sense of relief. Okay. Because he's the last connection I have to Cameron. Does that make sense? Okay. So, like, if he does stop talking to me in a weird way that's relief, I can actually close the book on Cameron because I have no other connection to him. Does that make sense? Okay. So, I guess my question to you would be, does that concern you, though, that if you get to this place where you feel like you can take a fresh breath, that six months down the line when you get a text message from Sweet Michael, is that going to then create anxiety for you? No, because I'm trying to get to a place. I'm not, I, I can't say no or yes. What I will say is, before I dated Cameron, Cameron and I were friends for like years before he and I dated. Yeah. 
And to go back to Jose, when Jose stopped, stopped here's a weird fun fact. The day Jose stopped talking to me, strangely, Cameron stopped talking to me, too. I don't know why. I've actually never understood why. So I was, at the time, dealing with both of those losses, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember a month later, though, I, got a, I was at home, and I got a phone call from Cameron. My phone rang. And I picked it up, and immediately, almost like the, the parable of the prodigal son, I just started talking as if nothing had happened. I was like, oh, my God, that's so weird you just called. Because I was just... And he had this prepared speech, I remember, <laughs> where he was like... Because I remember I said that. He didn't acknowledge that I said that. And he was like, Joe, I just want you to know I'm so sorry. And I was just going through something. And I just didn't want to talk to anybody. But he did this whole speech, right? And I was just so... Like, okay, whatever. You were going through your thing. You know, the changes when you date somebody. But yeah. I don't date Sweet Michael. I don't have romantic feelings towards Sweet Michael. And so I think if in six months he could call me, I think it would be a very similar reaction. There would be a sense of relief that I didn't do anything wrong. But I don't think I'd have any kind of anxiety. Okay. So, okay. but and, and here's the other thing, too, is, and I think this might be a sign of growing up, is Sweet Michael's also the last of my people who were born in 1993. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, Jose was born that year. He's gone. Cameron was born that year. He's gone. If Sweet Michael leaves, he's gone. You know? Okay. It's, and I think it's it's time now. Oh, good. I now have friends who are plus or minus 10 years for me. Uh-huh. You know? And I think that's a good thing and, and, a, and a healthy place to be. And so that's another sense of relief. Yeah? Yeah. I, th- I think at some point you recognize and it's something that we can actually kind of applies to something that happens in this episode that our ability we can understand the perspectives of where people come from that are different ages that are ages below us we've all we've all taken that young gay or even just a person in their 20s under our wing and kind of talk to them and go, no, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. And this is why. And that kind of thing. And you, and you kind of you tease them and you, you make gentle jokes and that kind of stuff. And we did that. Usually that happens like in your 30s and stuff. But when you get to your 40s, you can acknowledge that that's what they're going through. But you don't necessarily feel like you have to deal with it. It's not your problem anymore, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah. I think that you recognize i think you saying you have grown up that you have moved to the next phase of being an adult and that is you don't have as much stuff when you were in your 30s and they were in their early 20s even though it's the same amount of different it's the same difference in age it you you, you're you're continuing to grow at a different level that they are at a different rate that they are so you're not going to have that connect anymore like you did with somebody in their 20s like that you know, and then there is there is also, I mean, and this 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 is very different than what you're talking about, but um, so it may it make it makes sense. It makes sense. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that it's, I think it's a, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. This week, Magnolia is weird. Laganja is dramatic. Darian apologizes. Jocelyn gets married, and RuPaul crowns Bianca Del Rio as the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6. Taylor, named two things you liked about the finale and one thing you did not. I like the Bianca one. Okay. 
that is that that's an easy one. I loved Courtney's dress. Which one? The second one. The one that she came okay. out for the crowning. Okay. That to me was everything. And if I could say a third thing. Sure. Why not? It's the thing, finale. Let's go the finale. Crazy. The question, girl, what was up with that eyelash made me laugh the first time I saw it and it made me laugh this time too. So those are things that I liked about this episode. What's one thing you didn't? One thing I did not like. The the thing that we were just talking about as far as dealing with people of different generations and how they cope with conflict and that kind of stuff, the whole thing of where Adore and Laganja are going to sit in a in a editing room and watch the fight again, the, that just sounded like two baby dinosaurs clicking and hooting at each other. Like the whole thing was just so poorly edited and it, it, it made no sense. And it was just, it was drama for drama sake. And I, I also call shade to the, are you guys in a, are you guys fine? And Adora's response, well, we're in a good place now, but if you'll notice no eye contact at all. So I um, have uh, obviously insight into that since this was the first reunion I ever attended. I was going to ask you about that. So yeah. this is this is because I thought I I said to Babalu I think this is the first one that Joe was at and yeah. occasionally when they did audience shots because I thought I remembered you being no talking I, would, about I was I was it was the first one I was in the fucking peanut gallery I was like you couldn't get further back than okay. like in the second in the in the balcony in the back of the balcony okay but the seventh on the seventh. Season. Oh, season seven. I'm ever since then. I've been in the orchestra, uh, relatively close. And I okay. already told Taylor next year if they don't give us the fucking fierce tickets, we will buy them. Your Patreon dollars put to good use. Yes. So uh, there you go. And by mean we, I mean Taylor's going to go. I'm yes. Making, yeah. Yes, I've decided this year I am going to go, and we're gonna we're gonna. Joe is finally going to get to see me in Los Angeles, and he has wanted this for years, literal years at this point. He's been asking me to come to Los Angeles. I don't think he knows what he's in for. I I am going to drag his ass all over Los Angeles, bitch. That's what I did all day yesterday. That's all I like to do. I I have a list of places I want to go and things I want to see. Do you know anything and, on top of your head? Like is Disneyland one of them? Disneyland is one. I would like to go to Disneyland. Um, but but he, I would give you a speech before Disneyland because I would want you to look at it with almost like a historical perspective because obviously because of the space size, it's not going to compare to Disney World or Magic no, Kingdom. And I understand that. I, I get that it's much smaller than Walt Disney World. I, mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I just want to be able to say that I've been in Disneyland. And I have – I know nothing and I purposely want to know nothing. Mm-hmm. I've never looked up anything about it. I've never watched YouTube videos or anything. I don't understand what the Matterhorn is. Don't say anything about it. I just know that there's something called the Matterhorn at Disneyland, and I want to ride it. So Mm. that's (laughs) that's it. You better get on it. I know. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this to be shady, but you better get in that treadmill (laughs) down. It's probably one of the least uh, friendly rides for bigger people. Okay, but Noted. I think I, I think I, I think I read that they've made it better. Okay, well they had to do that. It's a small world here. They had to make all the the boats bigger because too many fat people were like sinking the boats. So yeah, I think I um, read that they've made it better. They've made it better. Um, now, what are there any other places? Other other places off the top of your head? Like, notice we usually only go fifteen minutes for the banter. I'm uh-huh. like, uh huh. 
What else, where else do you want to go? We guys, day one, know, we, have, day we have so little to talk about with this reunion. Where else do you want to go? I want to do all – I want to do touristy things. I okay, want to see fine. the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. I want to see um, – I want to see the La Brea Tar Pits. Sure. I want to see um, – actually, I would like to go to Mickey's if we could go to Mickey's, if that's Great. possible. Yeah. Um, what else do I want to do? I want, I want to go on the Pacific Coast Highway. Well, you'll be staying on the Pacific Coast Highway, so it'll be okay. easy. Um, well, obviously I would be flying into LAX, I'm assuming. So yeah. I get to see, I get to see the big weird. Oh yeah. That restaurant thing. thing you, yeah. Oh, is that a restaurant? I think there's a restaurant there. Yeah. Oh, then I want to eat in the restaurant. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to see the, 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 the place with the big donut. Oh, the Randy's donut, donut. Okay. I think it's by the airport actually. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to see Rodeo drive. Okay. I want to see, um, what else did I say I want to do? I want to see like Hollywood Boulevard. I want to see Man's Chinese Theater and, well, and all that kind of stuff. Hollywood Boulevard, you'll be very disappointed. Like, please, like I don't. But I mean, we will. I mean, we'll do it. But also, um, uh, the Magic Castle is right off Hollywood Boulevard, so okay, um, it, 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 that's easy. But you know, um, you just oh, said and by right the way, now. speaking of that, I bought a suit this weekend, mm-hmm. so I will have a suit to wear because I know you have to wear a suit. Today. Did you not have a suit before? No, I didn't have a suit. I'm 44 years old, and I didn't own a suit, but oh. that's fine. We won't uh, talk think, about that. Look, no, look. I think I only own a suit because I've been, I've been a member of the Magic Castle since I was 21, and I think that's the uh-huh. only reason I actually have a suit, <laughs> you know? So um, I can't shade you. I only have it because of the Magic Castle. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think a lot of these places are because you've seen them yes. at Disney World? Oh, no. I, just, I thought you were going to say because I've seen them on TV. Uh, this, I, I, I remember when I went, it was sort of creepy going to, um, I don't know if they've redesigned it since then, but 15 years ago I went to Disney World and I went to the MGM Grand Studios. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it called MGM Grand Studios? I make that no, up. it used to be called Disney MGM Studios and now it's Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, okay. But I remember it was creepy because they had like it's a, a scale replica of the Grauman's Chinese Theater. Mm-hmm. And they have like, I remember Fantastic was in like a Hollywood Bowl type auditorium and there were a lot of things that were very like very specific to california they completely recreated at the hollywood studios and that was sort of bizarre to be at a disneyfied disneyfied version of where you live yeah does that make sense and so uh i didn't know maybe like you knew these places because of also when people come to visit me they're often i don't know they're not like they're not gobsmacked by this but it is weird for them to be like going on streets that they've heard of which are just yeah. streets to us oh like, and if i was going to san francisco i'd want to go down the the windy Lombard street, street i'd yeah. want to go to Girardelli's, and i'd want to go to the i mean i i want to do all those touristy things i i want to um what was the other i just thought of something else while you were talking something else that i thought oh i want to do that i can't remember it i don't like know. the venice boardwalk you want to do all the tours oh, the santa monica stuff. pier the, the santa monica pier mm-hmm. um so I, I want to do, I want to do all What? What'd you say? I hate the Santa Monica Pier. That we could just drive past it. I want to I want to do some of the stuff that I've seen in like GTA 5. Oh, <laughs> or in San Andreas. Like Well, I, you know what's so funny is so where you'll be staying is I don't know if it's in GTA 5, but you'll be going when we get there. To get there, you have to go through like where GTA 5 starts. Like that will be very familiar. You're going to see, "Oh, you're going to shit. I'm in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, right? Okay, and we'll be going through all those places, and they're all real and everything like that, right? But I always remember, 
a friend of ours stayed with me in mm. Malibu, and he had a rented car. So we, I don't remember why we decided to use his rented car, not my car, but we did. And he so he could control dr- the air conditioning. I think it's exactly what it was. He wanted to <laughs> fuck up his hair. It was a whole thing. Anyway, I remember at one point he got really snippy with me because I was trying to tell him where to go. I was, be, I was basically being navigator, and he was like, "I know where I'm going. I play GTA Five." <laughs> Not realizing that GTA Five, like they're just they've basically <laughs> like zombified LA into like all these like parts that, that roughly is LA, but they're right. you're missing and they a also lot. don't use the real street names. It's based on a fake city that's based on Los Angeles. Well, I think he was using the visual cues, but not realizing that like yeah, then they'll they'll cut out a big chunk and then connect them, you know. Right. And so like so at one point he got lost, and I was like, you were the one that knew where you were going. You were, you know you played GTA Five. He's like. Ugh, it was a whole thing, but yes. I want to see the Capitol Records building. Is that okay. still around, or did they tear yes. it down? It's no, still there. Um, I like that everything you're asking for is very centrally located. So I'm like, oh, okay, we can finish all this in two hours. <laughs> I want to, I want to see the walk. I want to see stars, the the the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Okay. I, that's, uh, <laughs> every well, 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 obviously, we'll do a, a walking tour of the Disney Walt Disney Studios. I I would love that. I didn't know if I could say that on the air. Why not? I would. Well, because I know you have friends that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean people can get in because of it. Okay. I know right. Joe Batanz. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Don't you know <laughs> now who I am? Let my friend walk on the tour. Yeah, John Paul strangely doesn't care about that stuff. You're going to be like, oh, okay. I care. So I, right. I, 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 I will come up with a, trust me, it'll be a long, by, you know, mid spring, you'll be doing that. When I send you random text messages of other places, you'll be going, oh, my no, God. no, 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 I like it because I actually prefer that rather than people who are just like, I don't know. And also what I like is because you are a bigger guy like me, you're not going to be like, I want to go on hikes. No. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, thank God, no hikes. No. Hiking all right. Hiking to in and out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can go to In and Outs. Oh, I forgot so about that. that. We can go to In and Out, but there's so many. Look, girl, you're talking to a guy who just did a Jewish cemetery uh, taco tour yesterday. <laughs> like, there's nothing more like taking people to go eat food. You're gonna have so much fucking food news. Not even funny. Oh, I want to go to the cemetery where all the famous people died. There's a lot of those. Well, they didn't die at the cemetery, but they. But the the isn't there like the one that there's one that I take people to. There's one that right. I take people to because it's not very big. Right, but there's a, there's a, in other words, if you go to Forest Lawn Glendale, mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna be walking all over the fucking place, and, and they're very weird about it over there, right? But there's one uh, it, it, touristy tip for anybody listening. It's it. I'm actually very fascinated by the cemetery. It's in this area of high rises. It's called Westwood Memorial Park. Okay, it's open to the public, mm-hmm. but you have to walk like it's almost. I really don't know how to explain it, but you have to walk among all these high rises, and then nestled in these high rises is a tiny cemetery. It's probably about the size of half a football field. Okay, mm-hmm. but oh my god, are there so many people buried there that are famous? And so it's not a big lot of walking, but like that's where you get your Truman Capote. It's where you get your Marilyn Monroe. Now you also have um, Hugh Hefner. You have Dean Martin. You have Jack. Lemon, you have Walter Matthau, you have, I mean, just like, I'm missing so many people. I mean, so many people. Roy Orbison, like Don Knotts, I'm just doing off the top of my head. Like, so many Uh famous people are just in this really small area. And so you can get your celebrity cemetery shit right off the bat, and then you don't have to do a lot of walking. 
First up, Magnolia Crawford fails to explain herself during her interview. Now, a lot of people threw you shade about your nose contouring. This is your chance to set the record straight. Well, you know, I was a little taken back that my nose was so controversial. I guess uh, at the end of the day, I uh, now can call myself Magnosleia. <laughs> so there you go. So, Magnolia, which of the challenges would you have killed? Well, I actually would... Uh, I did not watch this season. Excuse me? <laughs> Now, hold on, hold on. In my defense, in my mind, I had a very good experience. Despite the way anything came across, I had a fantastic time, and I just wanted to remember it as my experience. You know, it was huh. very special to me, and I wanted to remember that. that I'm not buying that. You didn't watch... <laughs> Kelly, I mean, come no. on, talk to her, because I, I am uh, over it officially. Okay. Taylor, any thoughts on Magnolia Crawford's appearance on the reunion? Uh oh, here it comes. No, <laughs> no, I, it, it it just felt very canned. Her answers felt very canned to me, and I, she's just somebody that I don't ever need to. I, 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 she's somebody that well, we talked about on Untucked a couple weeks ago when they showed her and the people were like, who's that? She's somebody that until you actually see her on a show or something, you forget that she was on the season and the weird, I'm going to dress like a thrift store golden girl and do the weird thing where I'm going to walk weird and do that. Ah, so it, it, I, she's just horrible, but she doesn't do drag anymore. Isn't that the, what supposedly we talked about she does not do drag anymore. Okay. I think she always flirts with coming back. I think, I think, I think even before this, she was a burgeoning. She's one of those like, kind of like Charlie Hyde, like a YouTube comedy star. I don't know if she really performed that much, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe that's what sort of did her in as well. But uh, it, look, she was, and then and then Rue was like, I don't buy that. But she goes, you can read me like a book. I'm all like, I think everyone knew that they were like, you were who were you fooling, right? So. Yeah, she, 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 that, that whole thing was, and clearly that was something where she probably said that or she said that online somewhere because that's an odd question to ask somebody. Like she, she RuPaul was setting her up for that. Yeah. Well, maybe it's some sort of producer interview or something. Let me ask you this right. question. Did you ever see the Feast of Fun video where they actually, because she had never seen her episode, where they watch her episode with her for the first time? I just looked up Magnolia Crawford on Google, and there is reaction video. Magnolia Crawford finally watches herself get, I'm assuming, get eliminated. But it's, there's, yeah, I, have, I haven't watched it, no. I should watch it again. I watched it before we did the season, so I was, I was just going off memory. I think mm. I remember it being uncomfortable. She, she was super uncomfortable. Um, well, she's, she, she made an ass of herself. I mean, she's, ugh. No. Yeah, I think I'm kind of I'm happy to that we never have to speak about Magnolia Crawford ever again after this little segment. Any final words? Welcome on to All Star Season Four. Meet the Queens. First oh, up, Magnolia I Crawford. I would have did like a re, like a, like the worst performers ever came back. Oh my god, I would love that so. Much. I think at some point that will be a twist that it'll be the top two eliminated from each season. Give that really a chance. Sorry. Next, Laganja seems perfectly fine remaining in character during her interview. 
Look, Ganja Sanja, how are you, Mama? Well, Mama, I'm doing very good. Okay. Okay. Well, you were called out by the judges and the other girls for being fake. Do you agree with that? Well, no, girl. I honestly just think y'all were all boring, and I was trying to turn the party. <laughs> yes, gone. <laughs> now, do you, did you feel any pressure to live up to your drag mother, Alyssa Edwards? Well, yes. Of, of course I felt pressure, but I'm so thankful that I have such a beautiful person and someone so loving to mentor me, and I, I really love you. So what have you been doing since the show? Well, you know, I hit the ground running the minute I got eliminated. I got a song out, a music video, a jewelry line, a makeup line, and I'm about to go to Brazil for the World Cup, baby. But, but Laganja... You're leaving something out. My guess is that you stopped by that weed dealer first. Oh, honey, you wonder why I'm calm tonight. She's medicated. <laughs> Legally, yeah. All right, all right. Well, thank you, Laganja. You and I differ on this. I wanted to scream when she's talking about Alyssa. No, that's not how you talk. That's how you talk. I mean, it's so clear. She reminds me, and I realize this, watching this episode we all had that friend in middle school that went to the party and they sipped on a half of a shot of something out of somebody's dad's bar and did the whole i'm so drunk i'm so talk to me i'm so drunk that's exactly what you're doing with the whole where we're going to we're going to hold the weed up to make the motion like we're doing the joint all the time and that's our thing of where we are a character that is just so into pot and so into weed and all that kind of thing. Not to say that she doesn't do it, but we are playing it up. Most people I know that enjoy pot do not feel the need to constantly talk about the fact that they do pot. I know people who actually smoke pot who just love talking about they just love pot. They but just do they talk it. about it like that? Mm, some of them do. They get I don't understand. They get obsessed with pot. I don't understand it. I I just love this character, not as, like, I genuinely think she's cool, but just the cognitive dissonance between who she really is and this character. And even after being called out on it, I'm sure getting hate online, she's still going to stick to it. And that just makes me giggle and laugh at how awkward that is. I just love it. But anyway, during a later segment, uh, as you alluded to earlier... Uh, the producers put Adore and Laganja in a room together to watch, at that point, heretofore had not been aired episode of Untucked. They got to see a sneak preview of it, and they filmed them watching it for the first time together. And then, oh, is that how that worked? Yeah, they had it hadn't actually aired yet. They had filmed that you know weeks and weeks before, so they were watching it before it even aired and getting the genuine reaction of them watching the untucked okay okay so we're gonna network so they've just watched it and then this is what you're gonna hear right now is uh a series of clicks and hoots yeah i didn't um mean it to come off like how it came off but i was just like really frustrated like you put that on to do something for like a character or something i've never in my life heard you talk like that in my life I was just trying to be funny. But then you're saying that that's you. You can say that all this is fake, but this is real, bitch. I don't know. I st- I'm still sticking by to what I'm saying. I didn't feel like that was genuine. Like, I didn't want this to turn into a, a bullying Laganja thing because I fucking felt bad for you. 
Dude, I still have your back, even though I hear things. I feel like there's things that you've heard because I'm fucking jealous. Like, I don't want to lose my friend. I feel like this needs to be a conversation, like, in private. So, Adore, did you two end up having a private conversation? There was a cute little bar across the street, so we got a couple of drinks. And uh, we actually talked it out. And I did really have a strong connection with Laganja before coming into this competition. So, so we're at a good place right now. We really are. So, Laganja, do you think the, the friendship is mended? Absolutely. Relationships go through tough times, and we've moved on. And, you know, I love Adore with all my heart. That's my sister, and I love her. Right on. Right on. Thank you, ladies. Okay, so before I talk, Taylor, do you have any thoughts on what you just heard? It... I think that the talk, you know, as much as I made the jokes about the clicks and the hoots, it just, the way they edited it together was just this weird, we're going to take every time they cry and it's not going to be coherent and it's not going to make any sense, but we're going to create this, this thing out of it. Um, I would hope that the two of them would get to a place where they were friends again, but it just didn't feel both of this, both of the comments that they both made as far as the, we're in a good place. We talked things out. Everything's fine. If I was in a situation similar to that, if you and I had had a, had a big fight in Untucked, where you were wearing the big pink wig and said you felt stupid and you were going to go home or, and all that. You know what I was watching on that reunion is because they're trying to play it for emotions. You're right. Uh-huh. And you can kind of buy into the pink wig for whatever reason, right? But watching Adore and she's crying watching Untucked, and then she's in the Untucked episode and she's wearing a tiny little sombrero. <laughs> It's yeah. It's 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 hard to it's hard to realize that you know realize your true emotions when you're wearing a tiny sabrero. Now um, let me let me let me jump in here for a second. So okay. I would actually say, and this is a, a perfect place to talk about this. Okay, is it's the first, as I said before, reunion that I went to, and this is before okay. we did RuPaul's Drag Race recap. We didn't right. do it until season seven. I'm still almost a year away from actually doing RuPaul's Drag Race recap. And so I was attending the reunion as a fan. So as a result, I wasn't also trying to like absorb it because I didn't think I'd have to report on it later. Right. So my memory of it is spotty. There are certain things I remember, though, because the other part of it is it was actually probably one of, I would say it was the figurative uh, forbidden fruit from the Garden of Eden. In that, walking into this reunion, I thought, "Look, I, I figured there were some sort of reality show sh- shenanigans." But I saw firsthand for the first time, "Oh, they completely shape the story into whatever they want it to be." Because I watched the reunion and had one experience of the mood, and then what aired was totally different. And this is the season, I don't know, maybe because of season five, or maybe it started before, where they decided, no, there's always going to be a happy ending. 
and everything's okay. always going to be sunshine and roses. And, there, and okay. even though there's shade and drama in the season, everything's all good at the reunion. And all shit is made up, right? Mm-hmm. Because I specifically, unfortunately, I wasn't re- reporting it, but I do remember, for instance, Gia's uh, interview, she said some very funny, but very, very shady shit. And they put none of it in. I, she did make one comment at one point that I thought, like, where Milk kind of winced when she said it, where she was just, where she said something like, well, I felt like, you know, I needed to validate his style of drag. And I remember thinking, well, that's kind of it. I understand that she's also possibly borderline dis- developmentally disabled, but that seemed like <laughs> a very, like, shady way to say that. You kind of saw Milk do like a, oh, who the fuck are you? I just remember Gia's interview seemed very it watching it live seemed watching it live seemed very tense and she was pissed and she was letting it all up she was bringing the fucking drama to this reunion and that's not what aired towards RuPaul or towards everybody else towards the other queens she okay. was, she was going to use the reunion to exact revenge okay and she threw shade specifically but i don't remember because i wasn't thinking i'll have to report i i thought it would make it on the show i was so naive that i thought oh this is for sure gonna be on the fucking show you know because it's so it's so shady and none of it made it on the show none of it and i realized oh and i think that's what colored how i am on rupaul's drag race recap and now i've seen other seasons i've seen that that stuff doesn't make it on the show on the reunion yeah. another one is this and i specifically remember this moment because again i thought oh this is going to be on the show but then, then there was stuff i knew wouldn't be on the show so i was they had the 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 package playing on the monitors mhm but i for some reason had the wherewithal to actually go, you know, I'm not going to really look at the package that much. I'm going to look at them. And on stage, while the package was playing, they would You mean between Lagange and Adore? Between Lagange and Adore. Okay. They wouldn't look at each other. They never looked at each other. And when it's... I remember the conversation after the video package went a lot longer, and they actually kind of got into it on stage a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very, very emotional, and you could tell that things were not good. And I guess, I guess there must have been a part where they said they worked it out or something like that. But I don't know. But they, they, you got that came out of it. And I remember watching it at home, going, "This is not representative of what happened live." I saw yeah. something completely different live. I did not walk away from that taping thinking Laganja and Adore have made up. Like, you could tell shit was not good. And that it had very much affected emotionally. And I think even during the break, Laganja left the state. Like, it was, I remember being like, oh, this is highly dramatic. And then they were like, oh, no, we're friends now. You know? Yeah. And so, okay. I this is going off memory that I wasn't thinking I have to remember later. The only other thing I would say, I guess we'll get to it. I'll talk about when we get to it. This does come up. But um, everything else, though, was... Um, Close to again, they were anything, anything. Oh, I remember when they were doing the the fan questions. Yeah, I remember actually. I wish I remembered specifically, but when um again, I thought I'd make it into the show when Jiggly asked Bianca to read her. Oh, fucking Bianca read her to 
filth. And it was. Yeah, I thought that was a weird, like, there's just one joke about her teeth and then that's it. I Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, she did, like, seven or eight jokes, you know, and they were all really, really funny and none of them made a man. And you know what was another weird edit? Because I feel it ruined the joke and they could have just bleeped it out. But when um, Bianca's talking about Lady Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying like you know that she was, she says she says something to the effect of I told um you know Bunny that I made on the show and she I'm not gonna try and do the Bunny impression but she was like didn't like she said like go out there and show, show the, world. the world what you're made of and in a week you'll be back but then <laughs> like, she ended like, it with cunt and I feel that was important she was like see you in a week when you're eliminated cunt but they cut the oh. cunt out you can tell it's like a really hard edit. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought that was in the that wasn't in the episode that we have from iTunes? No, not in mine. It just said, see oh. in a week when you're eliminated and then it just cuts. But it was like oh. see in a week when you're eliminated, cunt. And <laughs> it was funnier. I mean it, it, but like yeah, so there was like weird stuff that they cut out. I don't know why they didn't keep the reads in for Jiggly. They were so, so funny. Well, but you also said for the season nine uh reunion, there was all sorts of great stuff that they cut. Like mm-hmm. all sorts of little clips and everything that some of which made it into little clips on VH1. Yeah, they show it, yeah. They show it now. I think then they weren't showing that stuff. They would just cut it. Um, but you know, it, it reminded me also why I hate that format of the finale. If they if they continue with the way they're doing it now, it's so much better. Instead of the, I mean, like I'm telling you, Taylor, that old school finale was painful to sit through the tapings of because it would be like. You saw Magnolia Crawford for a minute. That they would have done ten minutes with Magnolia, and then ten minutes with Kelly Mantle, and then they only pull the best minute. But they interview for like ten minutes each of them, and you're like, oh god, it's painful. It's so painful to watch. That's why the new one is so much better, and the drama's built into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, later during their interview, Ben and Darian discussed their feud. So, Darian, let's get straight to it. What were your differences with? You know, it was just one of those things. It's like, you know, she snapped, I snapped. We kind of had a moment. And then, you know, like the... (laughs) You know, it's not about always having great times. It's about having those times that you need to struggle through. So I feel so much closer to her. Yeah. I I feel like it's all water under a duck's back or whatever the phrase is. (laughs) And then Ben gave Darian a gift of a Russian nesting doll of... Ben de la Creme, which is very funny. <laughs> then, but then Darian used that time to make a much-needed apology. You know what? I have something for you, too. An apology. I'll give it to you. Um, thank you for being such a good friend, you know, and giving me my reality check. And I apologize for any stress I caused you. Uh, any thoughts on Ben and Darian, Taylor the Latte Boy? I thought they still hated each other. <laughs> so... Watching that, it kind of felt a little like, well, I don't know if I buy this. Oh, really? Okay. Well, this is where, again, Joe be at the reunion. This is why I think Joe is always dubious of it. Because I was like, oh, Ben and Darren hate each other. I was really watching them a lot but when the camera wasn't on. And they were the two who talked to each other the most. And they were so affectionate towards each other. In fact, as we know, Darian's a bigger girl. And they have to sit on these stools, and Ben would make sure to help Darian get on the stool and make sure she was comfortable. This is happening off camera. 
and uh, Ben would dote on Darian off camera. And they seemed to talk to each other, and they seemed very, very, very friendly. And that's why I think when they both talked about how it was kind of blown up a little bit, I kind of bought it. Or that they'd made up, or that it was like, I think Darian's point is, like, she was ugly for, like, five minutes, and then they made it into, like, a long, multi-episode arc. Yeah. You know? But I think think that's actually Roxy's point of view, too, for season five. But um, that she had, you know, she had a bad moment, and they turned it into a long, a longer thing than it really was. Because, like I said, watching them at the reunion uh, as the polar opposite of Adore and Laganja, they were getting along very well and talking to each other during the breaks and laughing. And, and again, like I said, Ben helping Darian. But go ahead. No, I, I guess it's just because I've heard, and really from you and other co-hosts that we've had on this show, that, you know, Ben is not a well-liked queen by the fellow contestants from her season that she kind of portrayed one she would portray herself one way when the camera was wrong and then changed when the cameras weren't there so i guess that that is just kind of the confusion i have in my brain with that but that make that makes me happy to think that maybe that was a genuine moment between the two of them and and they seemed to get along but now that makes me think i wonder if how much of that is just bianca I, my one source of this is bianca and as we talked about last week, maybe Bianca's projecting a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how she is in All-Stars 3. Yeah. I Yeah. That would be – I would be curious as to the difference there. Plus, you also have a Tatiana-type possibility for growth. You know, she, ha- she has this experience a couple years back. I mean, this was 2014, so she figures she's got three years mm-hmm. that maybe she's grown a little as a performer – so we'll see. And she won't have Darian as the kind of coming for her. Yeah. Like it was like it like the perception was in these episodes. At the end of the episode, RuPaul dramatically named the winner of the competition. The winner of RuPaul's drag race, America's next drag superstar, is Bianca Del Rio. I know. I, look, I, I was pressed for time. I couldn't edit. And, and when we were there, you had to like bring up all the energy every single time. <laughs> Now, is there anything you'd like to say? (laughs) That in the show I didn't cry once, and the weird thing now, I'm not crying, it's my fucking eyelash Gia jinx me, but... (laughs) (laughs) On a serious note, as a 30-year-old man in a wig, never give up, some shit can really happen later in life, and I'm the most grateful guy on the planet. So thank you, thank you all. Okay, Tana the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the season, on on Bianca Del Rio, on her crowning? You said you had a question for me about uh, something? Yes, you you just mentioned, due to the power of editing, that you had to get give that huge applause because they obviously filmed all three of them winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did they film fourth. a fourth one? Yeah. Because they filmed yeah, Bianca a tie. and a door and a tie. Okay, so... What do you remember? Who in what order did they do them? 
They did Adore, Bianca, Courtney. Or did they do Bianca last? I don't remember the order, but then the but I remember I remember though that the very last one was the Adore Bianca tie. And Okay. Did they tell you ahead of time we're going to do Adore winning now or we're going to do Bianca winning? They didn't then, they do now. So okay. what they what they did then was they first filmed I can't remember if it was a door. I don't remember it wasn't Bianca. I remember Bianca was not the first one. Uh, they do it, and then they taped it, maybe because they wanted a genuine reaction or something. And then afterward, RuPaul always gives the same fucking speech. She's all like, now we're going to do this again because I don't trust you shady-ass bitches. You're going to go fucking post it on your Instagram and shit like that, right? She gives a whole speech to the audience. And then they reset everything. It, they, it all resets. And all the queens go back to where they were. Boom, 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 boom. They, they do it, though, right up to... So they start with just... She says... It, 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 they don't do the whole spiel. She'll just say the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, season six is, and then they'll do it again. And then all the queens come out, and they kiss, and there's a goodbye, and everything like that. And and they just do it. Three, they do it three or four times. So did they say we're going to do a fourth one? And did they tell you what? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they, they didn't said, tell you what it was. They just did it. We're going to do a fourth one. Yeah, we're going to do a fourth one. Okay, so I guess I'm assuming they all knew the order. Or anything like that, but what does Courtney do when she's the only one kind of standing she off just to the applauds. side? Okay, yeah, that's kind of shitty. It, you know, a lot of fans get really bothered by it. It doesn't really bother me that much. I don't know why. Because you know what? I kind of like getting to see all of them win. <laughs> like, do you remember anything about Adore or Courtney's? Is there anything in particular you remember about those? No, because they, you know. There wasn't the thing. I don't know when it started. It must have started with. I feel like maybe it just started recently with season eight. Like I think it's a new thing where now they try and have like a memorable uh, closing line. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like adored. They just gave like heartfelt uh, little speeches. Well, Violet was the first one with the screaming come through. Yeah, um, but I, I don't remember Ginger or Pearl saying anything particular. I don't remember. I remember on season eight, um, Naomi Small said, it's about time a big girl wins. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And then I don't remember, but I remember Kim Chi had some funny thing to say, too. And then Bob obviously had his purse first thing. And then season nine, uh, it was just Peppermint. Uh, But I think Peppermint and Sasha were both kind of social justice warrior kind of types. So I think Peppermint gave a very emotional sort of like what it means for trans people kind of thing. Um, but what's funny is they don't they don't release that footage. So when you go see it live, you're the only one who's ever going to see it. Other people who didn't yeah. win, you know, That's, yeah. And so, okay. and I, what was the year that they released all the confetti? And you thought that she was fucking with you. Season was that seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I noticed they didn't do that this time. Yeah. So for those of you listening, in season seven, I had this grand maybe but also it was like for the reason I just told you, after my experience at season six and seeing all the fuckery that took place, I was convinced that they were doing some grand, deep, you know, four dimensional chess. Because with Ginger and Pearl, like I swear to God, it was like the most rushed ending ever they didn't do the everybody say love they didn't do any of that and then only for violet was their fucking confetti but violet was the last one 
But I was the right. last one. So they did the confetti, and everybody said love, and uh, and if you can't love yourself, how not? They did a whole like a production production for the ending, and I was like, they're they're playing they're playing deep game here because yeah. they know that you might say that you know X Y Z. So trying to that's why I thought maybe Ginger won, but because I remember Ginger was like. All right, she won. Bye. <laughs> All right. That girl gets the crown. <laughs> yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. And I was like, oh, my God. And then it turned out, no, it was Violet. They were playing no deep game. So, uh, Taylor, like, I always like to end things with a song. <laughs> so sure you, you do. Yeah. You know I'm always ending things with a song. You know, all our phone calls and everything like that. So if you would do yeah. me a favor, get your singing chops ready. Are you ready? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me get a drink of water. Do your best okay, share. I'm purposely not looking at the lyrics. So, okay. Okay. Don't look, look at the lyrics. All right. You're being share, by the way. You're share. Okay. Okay. Well, here we are again. I guess it must be fate Season 6 is done Now it's time for All Stars 1 I put too much on my plate I still remember when I'd spend time with Baba Every Tuesday night instead While my husband sleeps in bed Every season always brings me back to you Oh, God. (laughs) After all the yes or no We keep coming back to the same show Two dummies who just crashed into a wall After all that we've been through Yes, it's meant to be. We're doing All Stars 3 after all. Jesus. <laughs> I enjoy you so much. <laughs> I can only imagine what my husband is thinking in the other room right now. What are you talking about? He's in bed. In the other room. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I love how you I just I called Taylor I called him a couple of weeks ago and I go, uh, what's your favorite uh, uh duet from the eighties? And he just goes, This one, I'm out bye. And he never <laughs> asked why. I didn't no know. Question. I figured I figured you were doing something creative with it. I was not expecting that. Yeah, good job with your share there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that concludes this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Season 6. We would like to thank each and every one of you who have spent your hard-earned money to support our show, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed creating it. Which means I didn't enjoy listening to it at all. <laughs> so... 
show for Tana the Latte Boy and myself. Sashay away. RuPaul's Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. To learn more about Afterthought Media, visit afterthought.media. To support us on Patreon and to gain access to our other shows, please visit us at patreon.com slash drag race recap. For a small monthly fee, you gain access to hours of bonus content weekly, frequent live shows, and access to our extensive back catalog. To contact the show, email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at dragracerecap, and follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. You can find Taylor the Latte Boy on his other podcast called Pod Is My Copilot, available at podismycopilot.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Twitter at PIMC Taylor and on Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Joe Batanz is the host of many other podcasts, and you can find those podcasts at afterthought.media or at patreon.com slash drag race recap. You can follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz, that's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was recorded in the summer or fall of 2017 and originally released on Patreon.